to Quanta Magazine's podcast. Each week, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. This week, history's full of gold-making stories, and modern astronomers have their own. The question of where Earth's gold came from and how to get more of it has spun many a golden tale across history and folklore. The Inca believed gold fell from the sky as either the tears or the sweat of the sun god Inti. Isaac Newton wrote a recipe for making it with a philosopher's stone. Rumpelstiltskin could spin it from straw. Modern astrophysicists have their own story. About four billion years ago, meteorites flecked with small amounts of precious metals, including gold, hammered the early Earth. But the question of where gold was forged in the cosmos is still up for debate. The prevailing account has been that supernova explosions make gold, along with dozens of other heavy elements. But as computer models of supernovas have improved, they suggest that most of these explosions do just about as well at making gold as history's alchemists. Many astronomers now believe that the merger of two neutron stars can forge the heavy elements in the universe. Others argue that even if garden-variety supernovas can't do the trick, more exotic examples might be able to. The race is on to make an observation that would seal the deal, catching one of the cosmos's greatest mints with its assembly line still running. In 1957, the physicists Margaret and Jeffrey Burbage, William Fowler, and Fred Hoyle explained how the lives and deaths of stars could fill in almost every slot in the periodic table. That implied that the elements making up our bodies were once stardust. So was gold, somehow. Anna Friebel, an astronomer at MIT, says the problem has been the last stardust secret for a long time. The Big Bang left behind hydrogen, helium, and lithium. Stars then fuse those elements into progressively heavier ones. But the process stops at iron, which is among the most stable elements. Nuclei bigger than iron are so positively charged and so difficult to bring together that they don't fuse. To make heavy elements more reliably, you can blast iron nuclei with charge-free neutrons. The new neutrons often make the nucleus unstable. In this case, a neutron will decay into a proton. The net increase of a proton leads to a new, heavier element. Slow neutron capture, or the S process, occurs when additional neutrons are thrown into a nucleus more slowly than it can decay. This makes elements like strontium, barium, and lead. Rapid neutron capture, or the R process, occurs when neutrons land on a nucleus faster than they decay. This makes heavy elements including uranium and gold. The Burbages and their colleagues recognized you would need a few things to produce the R-process elements. First, you have to have a relatively pure source of neutrons. You also need heavy seed nuclei, like iron, to capture those neutrons. You need to bring them together in a hot, dense environment. And you want all of this to happen during an explosive event that will scatter the products out into space. To many astronomers, those requirements point to one specific kind of object a supernova. A supernova seems to tick the necessary boxes. During a supernova, protons and electrons are forced together, making neutrons and converting the supernova core to an infant neutron star. There's plenty of the necessary heat and iron, 
And when the supernova explodes, the products keep expanding out into space for millennia. By the 1990s, a specific picture emerged in computer models. Half a second after the core of a massive star collapses, a storm of neutrinos streams out, continuing for up to a minute. Some of that wind blows off iron nuclei that could serve as seeds for gold, along with lots and lots of neutrons. Supernovas were the most promising sites for the R process for almost 20 years, and the explanation still has its followers. Enrico Ramirez Ruiz, an astrophysicist at UC Santa Cruz, says textbooks will tell you that the R process is made by supernovas. But as supernova models get more sophisticated, they look less promising. Temperatures in the neutrino-driven wind didn't seem strong enough or high enough. Seed nuclei would form so quickly that they wouldn't find enough neutrons to build up heavy elements. And the neutrinos could also convert neutrons back into protons, so there might not even be a lot of neutrons to work with. That left theorists circling back to one of the strongest points of the supernova model. Supernovas make neutron stars, which appear key to the process. In 1974, astronomers found the first binary neutron star system. The pair lost energy with each orbit, implying that one day they would collide. The same year, the astrophysicists James Latimer and David Schramm modeled what would happen in a situation where a neutron star merged with a black hole. While supernova explosions can briefly outshine the galaxies that host them, neutron stars are extremely difficult to see, and a merger of two neutron stars would be even harder to find and understand. But even though nobody had ever seen one, Latimer and Schramm say this kind of exotic event could be responsible for the R-process elements. In the last few orbits around each other, two merging neutron stars are racked by enormous gravitational tides. Their collision ejects enormous amounts of material. Brian Metzger, a theoretical astrophysicist at Columbia University, compares it to squeezing a tube of toothpaste. Behind each neutron star stretches a tail with perhaps 10 neutrons to every proton, all heated to billions of degrees. Heavy nuclei form in about a second. Because they have so many extra neutrons, they're unstable. They glow with radioactivity, eventually decaying to things like gold and platinum. Neutron star mergers and supernovas can both make R-process elements. But there's a big difference in just how much each can produce. Supernovas produce about a moon's worth of gold. Neutron star mergers make about a Jupiter-sized mass of gold thousands of times more than in a supernova. But neutron star mergers happen far less frequently. This allows astronomers to search for the distribution of R-process elements as a way to track their origins. Ramirez Ruiz compares R-process elements to chocolate. A universe with R-process elements produced mostly by supernovas would be like a cookie with a thin, evenly spread chocolate glaze. A universe with R-process elements produced by neutron star mergers would be more like a chocolate chip cookie with concentrated areas of chocolate or R-process elements. One way to determine the distribution and rate of R-process events is to look for their byproducts on Earth. The nuclei produced by supernovas can combine with interstellar dust grains and fall to Earth where they could be preserved in the deep ocean. 
A 2016 paper in Nature looked at radioactive iron-60 in the deep-sea crust and found traces of supernovas in the past 10 million years. But those supernovas don't seem to correspond with R-process elements. Plutonium-244 is an unstable R-process element that decays over time. When the same team looked for that in deep-sea crust samples, they found very little. Metzger says whatever is creating these heaviest elements is not very frequent in our galaxy. Astronomers can also look for evidence of a chocolate chip cookie universe farther afield. The R-process element europium has one strong spectral line, which allows astronomers to look for it in the atmospheres of stars. Among the old stars that are found in the halo of the Milky Way, observed R-process signatures have been hit or miss. Ramirez Ruiz says you can have two stars with similar iron content, but their europium content will change by two orders of magnitude. Because of this, he argues the universe is looking more chocolate chip than chocolate glaze. Astronomers have found an even cleaner example. Many dwarf galaxies experience just one brief burst of activity before settling down. That gives them a narrow window for an R-process event to occur or not. And up until 2016, not one star in any dwarf galaxy seemed to be enriched in R-process elements. That's what made the phone call MIT's Freebel received one night so surprising. Her graduate student Alex G. had been observing stars in a dwarf galaxy called Reticulum 2. She says he called at 2 a.m. and said he thought there was a problem with the spectrograph. One star in particular appeared to have a strong europium line. Freebel joked that maybe he'd found an R-process galaxy. And he actually had. Reticulum 2 has seven stars enriched in the R-process elements, all implicating a single, otherwise uncommon event. All of this fits nicely for advocates of the neutron star merger model. Neutron star mergers are naturally rare. Unlike a single massive star collapsing and going supernova, they require two neutron stars to form, be in a binary orbit, and merge. But critics also point out that they might be too rare. In our galaxy, neutron star mergers could happen as rarely as once every 100 million years, or as often as once every 10,000 years. Christopher Fryer, an astrophysicist at the Los Alamos National Laboratory, says people supporting the neutron star merger model use that highest rate. Fryer and his colleagues used more moderate guesses about how often neutron star mergers occur and how much R-process material they yield. They found that neutron star mergers can explain only 1% of the R-process elements observed in the universe. And if the true rate lies at the lowest end, that number would be a fraction of that. That's where supernovas may see their prospects rise again. If 1% of core-collapsed supernovas behave differently than the standard simulations, they might be able to make considerable amounts of R-process elements in a chocolate chip pattern. The answer, many astronomers believe, will end up being some kind of compromise. There's one more dark horse that's lurking out there, the merger of a neutron star and a black hole, which Latimer and Schramm had originally considered. But the rate of those events is even fuzzier. Still, scientists are forging ahead with studies that might someday let us in on the secret of gold in the universe. Jeanette Kazmerzak produced this episode. I'm Susan Ballett. For more of this story, read Joshua Sokol's full article, 
a new blast may have forged cosmic gold on quantamagazine.org.